and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Thank you. Happy Australia Day. Friday, I hear we're changing the day to the 8th of May, May 8, May 8, and uh, why don't you turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 16, starting from verse 21. We're picking it up just after um, uh, Peter got the revelation of uh, who Jesus is, you know, Jesus says, "Who do who do men say they I am, that I am?" And people spoke, and then and then he says to his disciples, "Who do you say that I am?" And Peter says, "I'm I, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." So he, Peter's just got this revelation of who God is, right? And then it's, and then we pick it up in verse in verse twenty one, chapter sixteen, and he says this. It says this. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. And suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and then be raised on the third day. And then Peter, good-hearted, loyal Peter, who's just had this revelation of God, says this to Jesus. He takes Jesus aside and he says to Jesus, he says, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Here's, Here's one of Jesus' most loyal followers and he says, Far be it from you, Lord. And here's Jesus' most wonderful response. He turned to Peter and he says, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offence to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And then Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your kingdom and your righteousness. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. We thank you for the substance of heaven, Lord, that we can, we can live according to, Lord. We thank you for your word, the richness and the substance that is in it, Lord. And we, as we unpack this this morning, Father, we ask for, for revelation to be imparted to each of us. Lord, for inspiration, Lord, as we go into our weeks, Lord, that you would, you would draw us closer to you and that you would inspire us in our faith to, to be bold step takers in your kingdom. And for each person represented here today, Father, I ask that your blessing and your favour be upon them, Lord, as we open our souls and our spirits to receive hope in Jesus mighty name amen you know there's a there's a there's a great preacher's dilemma and you know as a as a preacher you know some people call it the preacher's burden you know and you you, you'll get a revelation as a preacher and and how choosing the words that uh, you know when you're speaking about the world and you're speaking about God when you're speaking about the world you don't want to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist and when you're speaking about God you don't want to give people blind faith so we, you, there's this tension of finding the words and, and surrendering your revelation to God in prayer before you share it to the people and, and uh, you know I was reminded uh, this week of a, of a great moment 
um, said of the journalist Ray Martin, uh, you know, I think it was 20 years ago last year that the Threadbow landslide happened. Remember that in, I think it was 97 uh, that that happened. And uh, Ray Martin, there's a picture of Ray Martin and he's standing just, you know, he's standing in Threadbow and where, where you dust the, the snow off your boots before you go inside and he's just looking at the ground trying to find the words to speak on camera that he can explain what he's just seen. You know, he's, you know, we, you know, we're, he's, he's experiencing something that he needs to live report on. No one gets, there's no, there's no delay. They can't clean things up. He's got to share what he's out of his emotional state, what he's seeing and finding the words that can accurately represent what he's seeing in front of him to Australia because Australia wants to experience it as well. It's an amazing challenge. And, 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 you know, let me just tell you a little bit of that thread by story. There was one survivor, 17 people lost their lives and there was one survivor and his name was Stuart Diver and uh, he, was, he was trapped under the, under the concrete and the rubble for uh, 51 hours before he was even recognised as being alive. And, uh, you know, there were... And so they came in, they, 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 you know, they, they came in and there were excavators, there, was, there were concrete cutters, there were jackhammers and there was, there was noise everywhere and they were trying to lift this rubble to see what they could find and to, take, to bring, uh, you know, bring the bodies out and, and hope that there was survivors there. And then every so often in the noise, they would bring the noise down to, to zero and they would bring some type of bionic equipment, some, some, some hearing devices that, that, and they would put it down on the, on the concrete and on the, and on the soil to see if they could hear any sounds of life in there. So they would bring it down to silence and then they would, and they wouldn't hear anything and they never heard anything in any of these, in these moments of silence and then they'd bring it back up again. And then, you know, and then in the middle of all this noise, there was a fire superintendent named um, Stephen Hurst and uh, he, he, he heard something in the middle of the noise. And this is a, this is a couple of comments that he made. He, was, he, went, he woke up that morning at 5 a.m. and he said goodbye to his wife, just going down to Manly Beach. And he went down there, it was his day off, and, he, and uh, he, little did he know that he wouldn't see his wife for another 10 days because he, 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 he was off on his day off. And he heard what happened on the radio and he goes, oh, I, I'm trained at that, I wonder how they're all going. Anyway, moments later he gets the call and said, we need you. So he's just in his clothes there and he, he goes via the, the, um, via the fire department, Sydney Fire Department, picks up his gear and drives straight down to Threadbow. And it's still dark when he gets there. And, uh, you know, he says, this is what he says. He says, all I had were the clothes I was wearing and my firefighting gear. And he says he, he, the only thing standing out to his eyes was the sheer grade of the slope. And he said that to give you an idea of the slope, he had one foot on the ground here and his other foot was at waist height. That's how steep it was, one foot next to the other to, to show you how steep it was. And he said, you were looking at things and you were seeing, you know, bath tiles above you and toys strewn around. He says things where they just didn't belong. And he says early on they had a great optimism. He says the adrenaline in the place was, he says it was mad. He said, we, you know, everyone was, was, you know, it was a huge disaster, but there's so much adrenaline and hope that they were going to discover people um, that, that they were running on adrenaline. And then gradually over time the, the, the hope faded that, that, that there would be life. And then he, he, he speaks, he spoke last year recently and he, he said, and he remembered the time when he heard Stuart Diver's voice. And he's working alongside, though, he was harnessed in working alongside um, his friend, and, and uh, his friend's name was um, 
Jeff Courtney. And he, he said to his friend, he said, Jeff, I've heard something. And this is why the jackhammers and the excavators and the, and, and, and the concrete saws and everything were all going. And he says, I've heard something. And his mate, Jeff, said, you've got rocks in your head, mate. And he goes, no. And he says, he called for silence on the site. Because he was this fire superintendent. He called for silence on the site. And the site went silence. And he bent right down. And he said these words. He said, rescue party working overhead. Can anyone hear me? This is 51 hours after the, after the, um, the slide. And, and he says, he hears these words. I can hear you. And that was Stuart. And he says, it was just like a miracle that moment. He says, we didn't want to leave. He said, you know, by then they'd already been working for, for all these, for about 30, for 20 hours. And he says, he heard Stuart's voice and he said he just wanted to stay, but his shift was now coming to an end. So he had to leave so that he didn't, he didn't become a, a problem after so many hours. And he left and then they spent the next six or eight hours trying to cut and to get this, to get this guy out. And, uh, and then guess what? His shift came back on again because it took 12 hours to, to dig this guy out. And it was something like 63 hours between the time that, that the slide happened and the time that Stuart Diver was actually to, brought out of it. He says, we didn't want to leave, but, but, but we had to. And he said, they worked tirelessly and then we were replaced by us again. And, and it, he, he said, Stuart Diver was eventually lifted out on a stretcher. And he says, and Inspector Hurst went in and he shook the man's hand that he, that he first heard all those hours before. He says it was crazy just seeing him there in the daylight. And then he said, and once he was out of the hole, he says, he's taken up along a long chain of people. I think I've got a photo there. And put into the ambulance. He says, we all shook hands. We gave each other a hug. And then we went back to work. And he says, what an amazing moment that was. Superintendent Hurst, in all the midst of the noise, in all the midst of the, of, the, of the chainsaws and the excavators and the jackhammers and all those sort of things, he was mindful of someone calling out for help. He was mindful of a life that needed to be rescued. So there was, there was a crazy noise around him, but he had, a, he had an ear to hear a different sound. He had an ear to hear the sound of someone crying for help. And, and, and he, he heard it. You know, in the midst of that noise, his mate said, you're crazy, you've got rocks in your head. He says, no, I heard something. I heard something that wasn't the sound of the noise that's going on around us. It wasn't the sound of excavations and, 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 and cutting and all those jackhammers and all those things. It was a different sound. It was the sound of someone calling for hope. You know, Jesus says to, to Peter, he says, get behind me, Satan. Such strong words, aren't they? You are an offense to me. Why? Why is, Jesus, why is Peter such an offence to him in that moment? He says, because you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Here's the challenge for us today. We need to become mindful of the things of God because there's a lot of noise in life, isn't there? There's so much noise going on. We're building, we're, you know, in this place here, I say, I say to our team, let's not get so busy doing the work of God that we stop being in relationship with God. We can get so busy doing God's work that we step out of relationship with God. And he says, make sure that you're mindful of me as you go about my work. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Jesus, is, he's about to walk through the most difficult period of his life. He's about, you know, he just shares it with his friends. He shares, he shares this, this pathway that he's about, you know, he's the, the, the people of his, his own people, the leaders, the elders and the chiefs and the scribes of his own people are, are about to cause him to be crucified. 
And Peter says, I mean, Peter's great. He's loyal. He's, he's actually, do, you know, he's doing what most of us would probably do. And Jesus says, hey, you're missing it. You're missing it. You're just seeing what's in front of you. You're seeing what's happening to this body, not the liberation that's coming to all of humanity. Man, Jesus compares him in that moment to Satan. We don't see Jesus offended too often. We see him flip the tables over in the temple and then, we, and then maybe this moment here where, he's, where, he's, where he actually uses the word, you know, you are, you are offensive to me. You are offensive to me. Here's the thing for us. Sometimes the most dangerous advice in your life comes from someone whose intentions are great for you. It's a crazy thing, isn't it? Someone who has the best intentions for your physical survival sometimes is not aware of the spiritual journey that God's got you on. Sometimes some, someone, let me say that again, sometimes someone who has the best intentions for your physical survival, for your soul, for your state of being is not aware of the journey that God is taking you on and the adventure that he's on with you. And this is the part of, of our struggle of saying we are, spiritual, we are spiritually inspired living in a seemingly physical environment. But let me tell you this morning, God is at work and there's a, there is a spiritual environment. There is, there, is a, there is a battle going on for your soul. There is a battle going on for the souls of this nation and our world. And it's, it's, it's as we surrender to the story and the will of God that he gets to draw us into becoming aware of him, to becoming mindful of him. So we must all become mindful of God in the middle of our story. This is the challenge for you today. You've all got a story to live. You've got families and, you, and you've got houses and you've got jobs and you've got activities that you do. You've got sport and clubs and things that we do is to be part of a community and make our community strong. And in the midst of that, God's saying, be mindful of me. Figure out ways that you can be mindful of me. Superintendent Hurst, you know, he heard the quiet sound of a man's voice deep beneath the rubble, meters beneath him. Meters beneath him, he heard the voice because he was mindful of the sound of the voice of someone calling for help. You see, what Peter couldn't see was the joy for Christ on the other side of the cross. He couldn't see the joy. All he could see was the pain. And here's when someone looks at the challenge that you're in, the journey that you're on, they can generally just see the challenge that you're facing. They can see the grimace of your face. They can see the, the financial situation you find yourself in. And we want to rescue people from their physical state. And God may be saying to you, hey, there's something bigger that I'm drawing you into. This sacrifice has a purpose. This journey you're on has a purpose. And sometimes we can, we can, we can use sacrifice as a worship but he says, look, he says, it's not about sacrifice. It's about obedience. He says, I love obedience more than sacrifice. Sometimes there is a sacrifice, but make sure it's attached to obedience. Don't, don't sacrifice for no reason. Make sure your sacrifice is attached to something that God is calling you to do. There's no point laying your life down for someone if it's not being obedient to God. So what are the things of God and the things of men? The things of men, let me tell you this, are the aspects, you know, we're spirit, soul and body. The aspects of things of men, they are things that when our soul is led by our bodies and our emotions, when our soul is led by those things, you know, when the thoughts, intentions, our hopes, our dreams, you know, are influenced by our body, where do we end up? We end up heading towards comfort, heading towards exhilaration, 
you know, and, and towards survival. That's, that's the best our body can provide for us. The, the pinnacle, you know, is surviving amazingly well, feeling exhilaration in your feelings, you know, and being totally comfortable in, in your journey. That's the best your body can give you. So, you know, at, but at, on the other side of things, being mindful of the things of God is being led by a Holy Spirit who can lead you into truth, who can lead you into purpose, who can lead you into an, an exhilaration that is, an, that is attached to someone being free. That to, to being mindful of the things of God because we've still got to survive. We've still got to be healthy. We've still, got to, we've still got to experience things and feel joy and all those things in the natural. But he's saying in the midst of those, if you are mindful of me, you will add purpose to those things. God wants you to experience life to its fullest, but he wants you to be mindful of him in the process. Mark 12, 30, we know this scripture very well. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Here's my interpretation of that verse. Find the joy of your intentions, the joy of your affections, your abilities, and your imagination in God. When you find your joy in God, in every aspect of your, of your being, that's when we truly begin to be mindful of him. We're not mindful of him when we find our joy, when we find our happiness outside of him first. We're going to find joy in every aspect of your life, but your core joy, your, your substance that is in you, it comes out of, must come out of God. And, and as it does, we become bigger and we add purpose to our adventure. We see, you know, we see the different senses and, you know, being stirred up. And what do the senses want? They want more experience. And what does God say? I've given you the senses for, to, 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 for you to experience life and to be aware of your surroundings and to, and to, and to feel deeply and to, and to, and to experience everything that earth has to offer. But he says, if you're mindful of me in the midst of your sensual experience on earth, you will add purpose to that and you will add safety to that. You will add boundaries that bring a hope instead of just wanting more and more and more and more and more. And the more your senses experience, the more someone else is in trouble because you, you, someone else has to sacrifice for you to experience an extreme sense. Psalm 78, 72 says this. So he, this is talking about David and Israel, okay? So he, David, shepherded them, that's Israel, according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Skillful, yet mindful of God. Physical, yet spiritual. Capable, yet humble. Confident, yet driven by hope. Aware of the natural, yet always mindful of God. Aware of the natural, yet always mindful of God. Aware of the natural, yet always mindful of God. You know, our hope with these 21 days of prayer is that we might become more mindful of God each day. The simple things of life, you know, we, we live in a society where you can listen to preachers 24-7 from all over the world, the most inspiring, insightful, revelation-filled messages. And look at, look at the people around your world. Are we any more mature? Are we any more free than we were when we were back in the old days, when we couldn't access all that sort of stuff? Why is that? Because... We think that it's about a learning, but it's actually about mindfulness of God every day. It's about, it's about walking your journey. It's about having an interaction with the people around you and being mindful of God. So when you're mindful of God, when you're interacting with, interacting with a client or someone in the community, you have a different interaction. You say, God, what are you doing in this life? 
What's offensive becomes different. What's offensive are not the words of men. What's offensive is you stepping outside of the will of God. Some of the, when we tend to step outside of the will of God, you know, we, get, we get disrupted and it becomes offensive to God because um, you know, we, we think of sin as a bunch of behaviours. Oh, you can do this, you can't do that, you can do this, you can't do that. Sin is just anything that's not obedient to God's will. We, we like to point out what are the signature sins of the humanity that we need, to, we, we need to tell them that they're sinning about. And God's saying, at the end of the day, just surrender your whole life to me. If you surrender to me every day, if you become mindful of me, you don't have to worry about right and wrong. You know, there were two trees in the garden. One was about the knowledge of good and evil. Us being aware of good and evil is not the answer to society, but us being, the other one was called the tree of life. But if we have life and relationship with God, then we don't have to worry about good and evil because the relationship, the mindfulness of God keeps us and holds us and inspires us. You know, in two weeks' time, we're going to share our vision for 2018. My prayer is that this year, we will just simply engage. And we'd have a red-hot go. Just have a red-hot go this year. This is your year. Become true seekers of his kingdom and his righteousness in your intentions, in your affections, in your abilities. In your imagination, you know, become, if you, you know, they're the aspects of your being. Your intentions, you know, that's your heart. Your affections, you know, that's your, that's your, that's your soul, that's your mind, that's your soul. You know, your, your imagination, that's the core of, of where, we, where we see vision. And your abilities, that's just your gift, your capacity, the things of God in you. You know, as we, as we surrender those things to seeking his will and his righteousness, we're going to do great things. We're going to become mindful of him. So Jesus, let me leave you with three things. Jesus, after he challenges Peter on mindfulness, he unpacks three steps to mindfulness. He says to all of his disciples, a.k.a. you and I as well, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So we all know following Jesus equals freedom, right? For freedom's sake, he has set us free. So we know that following Jesus equals freedom. So before you listen to these and get upset about them, know that following him equals freedom. Because he says, if anyone desires to come after me, this is what he needs to do. He needs to deny himself. Step one, deny self. Get good at it. Get good at denying self. How do you deny self? Uh, Get up a little bit earlier, come in here and help Caitlin wheel the tables out on a Sunday morning. You know, but so you, you get 10 minutes less sleep and Caitlin gets uh, a hand, so you're denying self so someone else can experience a little bit of freedom, a little bit more time so that she can make the, the lasagna even better. What else? Give up one thing in your life for a week, every week. Give up one thing in your life every week for a week. I just gave up coffee for three weeks, you know, Just one week is enough. Get good at it. Dance in public. Dance in public. Come to, come to church. Dance in public. Don't even, don't even think about it. How do you deny self? You know, what does self want to do? Self wants the recognition of those around you. Self wants acknowledgement. Self wants to compare with everyone else. Self wants to look over the fences and say, what are the Joneses up to? How green is their grass? You know, but, but when we deny self... We worship in an unabandoned manner. 
We get, our, we get our jiggy. You know what I love about having little kids? When you're holding a child, you're free to dance, aren't you? Because, you know, you're, just, you're bouncing the baby and do a little twist at the same time. And everyone goes, he's not dancing, he's just playing with his baby. No, it's dancing. Grab someone's baby and get amongst it. Step two, take up your cross. Here's the thing about Jesus' sacrifice. He, you know, Jesus says, take up your cross. Okay, we're probably not going to do something that Jesus did exactly. But what does it represent? It represents your sacrifice being, uh, laying down your life for someone else's salvation, for someone you haven't even met. The Bible says, you know, a, a good person might lay their life down for a friend, but who would lay their life down for someone they haven't even met before? Hey, make your sacrifice for those you may never know. You know, ask everyone, when you have your birthday party, happy birthday, Lachlan. Let's give Lachlan a hand. Happy birthday. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> if you're having a birthday party, invite a bunch of people over, say, hey, why don't you all bring $20 and put all your $20 together and then just give it to someone else. Give it to someone you don't know. Hey, you know, give it to someone who you know it'll bless them, who doesn't know God, who's, who won't be able to explain the generosity, who's just, you know, this free gift. Hey, then you go, I, I, I don't know. I just felt to give this to you. Just bless someone out of your own, you know, you've denied self, you take up your cross, what's your sacrifice going to do? It's to bless someone you do not even know so that they might one day go, man, that crazy believer just gave me $500 for no reason. What's that all about? Consider the eternal reward to your generosity. Consider the eternal reward to your generosity. And then finally, step three, follow me. Hey, live in the gospel and then live out of the gospel. This year, if you do anything this year, live in the gospel. And then live out of the gospel. So simple. See what Jesus was up to. What was Jesus up to then? What's Jesus up to now? Follow the examples of Jesus. Not to, not to do the same thing, but follow the examples of his intentions, of his affections. How did he look at people? Did he have sympathy or did he have empathy? You know, did he have compassion? You know, what was, what was, what was his intention? You know, find out what, what, what did Jesus say he was doing. I'll come, you know, that you might know the truth. You know, he came to bring liberty to those people. He came, he came to lay his life down so that other people could be free. That were some of his intentions. Discover what they are as you live in the gospel and then as you live out of the gospel. You won't try to do what Jesus did. You will try to act out of what his intentions were, out of your abilities and out of your imagination. You see, God gave you an imagination. And Paul says, open the, may they open the eyes of their understanding. May they open their eyes. May you open the eyes of their imagination so that their, that their, their vision is inspired by my will. This is what God is calling us to. Let's leave it with this. Be mindful of God in the craziness of life. I love Mr. Fuller last week. He challenges us to get our lives right. You know, he, comes, he talked to me a little while ago and he says, oh, I've got something. I, I really need to share this with the church. And I say, look, you're the, you're the head elder. I work for you. So you, whatever you've got to say, you say. And with someone, someone, you know, Mr. Fuller's explained to us, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting this on him. He's explained to us that he's, he, he said, I've looked death in the face. And God said, do you want to go now or do you want to stay a little bit longer? And he said, oh, I might just stay a little bit longer. 
So when someone comes to me who's looked at that space, I go, Matt, the revelation of someone whose transition is a transition period of their life. Well, let's listen to the revelation. He's saying, let's not be people who just poke our head out of the darkness, as Jody said this morning. Let's not just be people who poke our head out and see, wonder what's happening over there in the light. Let's get our full life, surrender to God, and walk in his grace, walk in his truth, walk in his hope, and walk in his freedom. And maybe others will see that light. Because we're not meant to be covering our lamp. He says, you're a lamp to the world. Don't cover your lamp. He says, let your light shine. You're the salt of the world. There's no point leaving the salt in the salt shaker. The church is the salt shaker and we need to get the salt out of the salt shaker so we can start flavoring humanity with the goodness and the grace of God. Do you agree with me, church? Let's allow the urgency of someone like Mr. Fuller in, in transition. You know, my prayer is that Mr. Fuller cracks 100 at least. But, you know, but to me, he, he seems to think he's in some sort of transitional period. And to me, there's an urgency that comes upon us. We heard from Bruno a few weeks ago, you know, and there's an urgency and there's a revelation that comes upon us about eternal things. Let's listen. Let's take the advice because we are consumed with the noise of life and we be, need to become sensitive to the things of God. And it's amazing when the noise of the world starts to slow down when the noise of the world becomes quieter, we become a lot more sensitive to the things of God. So let's hear, Mr. Fuller, let's hear the heart of, of what he was saying to us last week and let's, let's step into the light. Let's allow God to do a work in our lives. Why don't you stand with me this morning? This is what faith is. Faith is just making decisions for you and your household based on a different kind of hope, based on something that you cannot get your head around, based on something that you don't understand, which is called the freedom of Christ. Let's choose this morning to align ourselves with him. Let's choose to be less mindful of the things of this world and to become more mindful of the things of God. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I just thank you for this bunch of people. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for their souls. Lord, I thank you for their, their affections and their intentions and their abilities, Lord. I just ask that, that, and their imagination, Father, I ask that you would stir your joy in them, stir your hope in them, Lord, that you would restore areas of their soul, Lord. And we, we just want to follow your will. We want to see people set free, Lord. Help us to, to understand your word so that we can walk in your hope. Lord, help us to, to be sensitive to your spirit so that we can walk into truth, Lord. Help us to understand and see what you're doing in the lives of the people that we interact with, Lord. So may your favour be upon your people this morning. May your insight be upon your people this morning. May your foresight be upon your people this morning. May the urgency of, of eternal life be upon your people this morning. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Fill them with your grace afresh. Lord, we thank you for fresh mercy this morning. Lord, we thank you for a new hope. Lord, we thank you that, you that your son, Jesus Christ, remains in us and then we become the hope of the world. Lord, we just stir up ourselves. Lord, we declare to you that we are blessing you. We, de we are declaring to our soul, bless the Lord. And we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's worship, church.